Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, welcome again to this online service. We're coming to you live this morning from Norwich Central Baptist Church. And I want to firstly say a big thank you to Andy for leading the first part of the service and also to all our technical people who I hope are doing their job properly so that you're able to see this service this morning. But most of all, we've come to worship God this morning. We've come to praise his name. And so that should be good. Whether you're uh, on your own, whether you're with a few people, uh, we can be assured God is there. Over these last uh, weeks, uh, uh, th past three months actually, we've been working through this series, Forward in Your Faith. A series that has loosely been based around a book by Richard Foster entitled Celebration of Discipline. And today, we've reached the last one, Celebration. And perhaps you're even thinking that uh, it should be a cause of celebration that we've finally made it to the end of the series. But Celebration. Yeah, in an early message in this series, Alan quoted the Westminster Catechism, which says the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And you know, we need to remember that in all we do, in his name, and in our lives in general. You see, celebration of God needs to be central to all we do. You know, we've looked at the numerous disciplines over the past weeks. However, if we can only look at them as things that we must or must not do, they will become burdensome to us and not the great gifts and helps that God intended. In Nehemiah 8 verse 10, we read, The joy of the Lord is our strength. I wonder if that's true of you this morning. The joy of the Lord is our strength. If you're feeling weak this morning, is it because you haven't thought about the joy that God can bring? Just briefly looking through some of the sessions we've gone through and not wishing to rehash what anyone else has said, but we've looked at things like meditation, at Bible study, at prayer and guidance. You know, if we only look at these things as what we must or must not do, we miss out. Praise God that he wants to teach and guide us. You know, in normal learning, if you get the chance to have a one-to-one -one with your tutor, that's supposed to be of great benefit. How great then in our learning is the fact that we can have one-to-one -one tuition with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Also, as the old hymn reminds us, what a privilege it is to carry everything to God in prayer. So as much as we need to be disciplined in finding time for prayer, we can praise God that we can bring everything to him whether it's large or whether it's small, and seek his help. 
we've looked at confession, at giving, and service. And again, if we only look at these as must-dos, we miss out on the value they are as we seek to go forward in our faith. Simple confession will keep our lives right with God, and that's where we should be, and that's where we should aim to be. Praise him for that. We can give to him, both financially and in serving him. Paul, in writing to the, his second epistle to the Corinthians, says this, that God loves a cheerful giver. And so giving to the Lord shouldn't be that chore. Giving to the Lord shouldn't be about as interesting as paying our income tax. Giving to the Lord should be a source of great joy. I could go on to others, but I just want to make this point again in all those disciplines. And, and in the book, there were, there were many others that uh, Richard Foster went through, which we didn't cover. But if we only seek them as things we should do, and not things we can thank God for giving us, then we're losing out. So for our reading this morning, I want us to turn to Psalm 103, just the first five verses of that psalm. Psalm of David, David says, Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Let's just stop for a minute and pray and ask God to speak to us from this passage. Father, we thank you for your precious word. Thank you, Lord, that you give us words for every situation that we face. And Lord, I just pray that you'll help us now as we look to you, as we look to you to speak to us. Lord, speak uh, right to our situations, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I wonder, as the old hymn says, do you ever stop to count your blessings? Count your blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Now, whether you want to take words of an old hymn, that principle still applies whatever age we're in. Think of what God has done. The psalmist in verse 2 said these words, Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Do we think on the benefits of what God gives? You know, the greatest benefit of all is that God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins. And perhaps one of the best-known verses in the Bible is John 3.16, which said, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him 
shall not perish, but have eternal life. The greatest joy we can know is that our sins are forgiven, that we have peace with God. That's what Jesus did when he died on the cross. That's the greatest thing we can ever know. And you see, if that weren't true, then all that we're doing here this morning, all that's been done in this place, indeed across the world, over many, many years, would be a complete and utter waste of time. But that was God's love for us. Paul, writing to the Romans in chapter 5, verse 8, goes even further, saying, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You see, so great is God's love that it wasn't when we were at our very best that he loved us enough to send his son to this world, but it was when we were at our worst. You know, one, no wonder we're called upon to praise God for all his benefits, knowing that he forgives all our sins. Are you rejoicing in this this morning? Let's just pause for a moment to thank God for his saving love. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me. Verse 3 goes on uh, to talk about the Lord, yes, who forgives all our sins, but the Lord who heals all your diseases. I remember leading the last Sunday evening service we held here back in the middle of March. Well, I say here, it was in the Coffee Lounge area, if you know the building. And it was about a week before we got to lockdown. And I recall having read that verse earlier that week and sharing it that evening. Sadly, I haven't actually turned back to it very much over the past five months. But in preparing for this morning, I felt led to go back to it. You know, at the start of the year, probably... None of us had ever heard of COVID-19. Perhaps even in the middle of March, most of us hadn't realized how serious it would be. And even now, scientists still have much to learn. And yet God does know about it. Whatever may be different to this virus, to other, others that scientists have come across, it still comes within the category of diseases that God can heal. And not only can he heal individuals, he can bring this disease under control. And maybe we need to take confidence in that. We have a God who's not been defeated by COVID-19, but is still in control of the situation. And, you know, we have a duty to praise about that. 
few weeks ago, I saw a post on social media from a friend who is a Christian, not part of this church, I hasten to add. And he was criticizing some of the easing of lockdown measures and some of the reasons that were uh, moving it in that direction. And I couldn't help thinking at the time, I just hope that you're being as fervent in your prayer for the government as you are in your criticism for it. You know, 1 Timothy 2 tells us to pray for all those in authority over us. Samuel goes even further than that. In his farewell speech to Israel, after they had asked for a king instead of a prophet, and in effect they had rejected his leadership, he can say in 1 Samuel 12, 23, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by failing to pray for him. You know, we need to be praying for our government, regardless of whether you voted for them. We need to be praying for doctors and nurses treating the sick. We need to be praying for scientists seeking to develop vaccines and treatments. And we need to do that in the knowledge that we know the God who can heal all our diseases. And we need to pray that he will do this work and deliver our country and our world from this pandemic. And we need also to pray that as a result, many will come to know him as Lord and Saviour. Verse 4 talks about the Lord as the one who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Perhaps for some of you this morning, it, doesn't feel, it does feel like your life is in a bit of a pit. You've been in lockdown for some weeks. Maybe you've even had to be shielded. You haven't seen many people. And even now that lockdown seems to have ended a bit or eased a bit, you're afraid to go out. Maybe your work situation is precarious. How long will I have a job? Will my business survive? Maybe you're concerned about your children. How well have you managed the homeschooling? How are they going to cope away from their friends? How are they going to cope and will they get back to school as promised in September? And perhaps you're saying it's all very well to say what you do, but you just don't understand my situation. And I've got to say this morning that if you're saying that to me, hands up, guilty as charged. I probably don't understand your situation. But I do know that God does. And he wants you to call out to him this morning and ask for his help. Because we can rejoice this morning, we have a God who in the words of verses 4 and 5, redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things, so that your youth 
is renewed like the eagle. That reference to the eagle, I had to look up. And apparently an eagle, which we know as perhaps the greatest bird that flies around, once in its lifetime will go into a very serious molt. It won't be able to fly. It will barely, barely be able to walk. All its feathers will come out and it will look on the point of death. And it will go away and try and hide perhaps. But the interesting thing is that sometimes the older eagles will come and bring that eat and drop food for that eagle. They'll make a lot of noise encouraging it to eat. And when it eat, does eat, it gets built back up to the eagle it once was. Perhaps you're feeling like that eagle in the molt this morning. Life will never be the same. I can never get back to where I was. I don't like this new normal. And yet God says, trust me. This new normal is where I want you to be. This is where I want you to serve me. You know, these past few months may have taken a real toll on some of you. You may feel that you've aged far more than the four months that that time's been going. But God wants to help you this morning and to bring you good things and to restore your strength. I want to draw these thoughts to a close this morning with a few more verses from this psalm than we read that I hope will give us great confidence in the God we trust in. In verse 13, it says, As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Quite simply, we have a God who loves us. A father figure, a good father figure, who really loves and cares for us and does want the best for us. We need to praise him for that. And then in these very different times, we're reminded in verse 17 that from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children. As another hymn says, thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not as thou hast been, thou forever wilt be. What a great God we have. Let's praise him today. Let's trust him, even in these difficult times, to lead us forward in our faith, that we may do greater things for him. I want to close with a quote from pioneer missionary William Carey. His most famous phrase says this, Expect great things from God. Attempt great things for God. William Carey set out to start a missionary work in India. And he worked for seven years before he saw one single person 
respond to the message that he preached. And yet he still believed in a God that he could receive great things from. And as a result, he should attempt great things. May we have that trust this morning in a God who has done great things for us. And may we set to live our lives attempting great things for that same great God. Let's just bow for a moment's prayer. Father, we just thank you that you are a great God. And Lord, this morning, I just pray that you'll help us to remember all your benefits. Think of all the things you have done. Think of all the things you can do in our lives as we've seen you work in others. And Lord, help us to celebrate. Help us to praise you. And help us to really step out as we want to go forward in our faith. Oh Lord, thank you for who you are. Thank you for all you've done. Bless us. Go with us, we cry, in Jesus' name. Amen.